0: Happy Easter everybody, it's wonderful to be here to speak the message to you, a big welcome to you if you're a guest or even a regular at Jubilee, if you're a guest uh, please feel free to go to the welcome desk on my left, uh, just it be great to find out a bit more about you and as well just maybe share something about yourself, let us know how we as a church can support you, but you know what, regulars should be doing that as well shouldn't they, we should be speaking to each other, letting each other know what can our brothers and sisters in Christ do for each other. To support one another. So uh, maybe that's something to think about while I speak. Um, If you've got a Bible, uh, could you turn to John 14, 1-6? I'm going to be reading from that passage in a couple of minutes' time. Um, If you don't have a Bible, please don't worry about it. Um, The passage will be on the screen soon. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to start off by asking a really important question. You know those questions that are really big, the big questions of life? The questions that need some time to think about it. Questions that we may constantly ask ourselves, time and time again. Are you ready for the question? How do you eat yours? How do you eat yours? And of course, I'm referring to the Cadbury's cream egg. Now, different people eat the Cadbury's cream egg in different ways. Uh, personally, um, I, I like to chomp. Bite the top bit off, suck out all the cream and then shove the rest of the chocolate in my mouth as fast as I can. I'm not going to do that just now because I don't want to preach with brown teeth. Because that, that's what will happen. Um, but who would like a Cadbury's cream egg this morning? Right? There's, there's only one condition. You've got to tell us how you eat yours. Are you up for that? So how do you eat yours? Okay, so my mum in, in her hand got uh, there's 12 um, cream eggs in there. Um, so I'll put it down there so I'll go round Sue so who wants to go first? Is that okay. um, I bite off the top and then I get a teaspoon and I put it all inside and then scoop out the bit and then I eat all the chocolate bit because I really like the gooey bit and then eat the gooey bit afterwards okay, fair dues. I think that warrants a Cadbury's cream egg okay, it's fine, who's next? Right, Jonathan I'll come over, Jonathan, excuse me mate how do you eat yours? I just shove it straight in as quickly as possible. <laughs> that warrants <laughs> a cabby's Cream egg. Well done. Who else? I'm coming over to Shirley now. How do you eat yours? I bite the top off and then I get my little finger and rake out all the fondant. <laughs> eat it like that and then eat the chocolate bit. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. That warrants a uh, cabby's Cream egg. Anybody else? Okay, Jonathan, over to you. Same as Jonathan, all in one. <laughs> Anybody else? Still got a few left going over to Paul. Actually, I can't stand them, so I always give mine away. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Okay. Come on, Johnny. To be, to be honest, I just wolf it down. You wolf it down? <laughs> uh, yeah, it. I never had a beef on I'll try now. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not, Why not? Uh, anybody else? <laughs> that was fantastic. Okay, is that everybody? Okay. Um if you want a Cadbury's cream egg I've got I've got another box actually in my bag. Um you can find me. But I'll only give you one if you tell me how you eat yours, okay? So that's that's a rule. So yeah, um, I don't know if any of you remember the Cadbury's cream egg advert from 10 years ago. Um, How do you eat yours? Um, But I know people have different ways. Another way is some people like to split it in half, eat a half at a time. Um, I know somebody who likes to smash it into pieces, get really destructive with it, it, and eat the remains. Don't see the point in that personally, but he does it. Um, Some people like to eat as much of the chocolate as they can before they get to the cream. And that uh, Cadbury's Cream Egg advert I was uh, talking about, um, I, I, I don't know if you remember, it, it shows you a dentist, and the dentist is like saying, I like to extract the filling. And then it goes to a Little Red Riding Hood, and she said more or less what Jonathan said, that she likes to wolf it down. Um, there was a pregnant lady who said that she likes to dunk her chips in a Cadbury's Cream Egg. Has anybody ever dunked a chip in a Cadbury's Cream Egg? Really? Okay, me neither. Right, um, and as well, there was this guy dressed like Austin Powers who said that he likes to have two at a time and um, pretty greedy. And uh, Next slide. Also, um, people have creatively thought how to include cream eggs in the following ways. And you see pictures of different ways Capi's cream eggs have been uh, presented. You know, people have made cream egg brownies, cream egg cupcakes, cream egg pancakes, deep fried cream eggs, um, cream egg flapjack, uh, cream egg milkshakes. Uh, McDonald's do the cream egg McFlurry. Who's had a cream egg McFlurry? Raise your hand. Okie dokie. And also, there's such a thing as a cream egg martini. So here, I've well and truly established that there's different ways and methods you can eat a Cadbury's cream egg. And I think what Cadbury's were trying to achieve through this marketing <coughs> campaign, was it, was it was trying to get us all to think and celebrate, really, how different we are to each other. But even though we are different to each other, we can all reach the same goal. And that is to enjoy eating a Cadbury's cream egg, even I do know some people don't like Cadbury's cream eggs. Um, You know, know, Cadbury's are saying to us, "Eat the cream egg, whatever way you want." But but when you've eaten it, you'll enjoy it, and you'll want to buy another. So this morning, I want to think about how different we all are to each other. We're different because God's created us that way. That's how glorious God is. That's how fantastic He is. He he can just put all these differences in humanity in the world today. And um, you know, we haven't come from a clone factory, have we? God has created us, we're all unique. And the Bible teaches and celebrates that everybody is different, but also teaches that there's one way we can live life to the full. Quite a controversial statement. Many will disagree with that, what I'm going to present. But let's read what Jesus had to say about it. So now I'm going to read John 14, 1 to 6. Thank you very much. So I'm reading from the New King James Version uh, titled The Way, The Truth, and The Life. So this is Jesus talking. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you... I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't know how how many of you know this. Uh, Next slide, please. Um, But when the first ever church got created, and we read about it in Acts, uh, people did not actually refer to following Jesus as Christianity. They referred to Christianity as the way. Um, And as far as they were concerned, there was no other options, there was no other religions or ideas or idols worth following. They fully believed that the teachings of Jesus was real, And that to believe in anything else was complete foolishness. They believed that if you followed anything else, if you believed in anything else other than the way of Jesus Christ, you'd be clearly going the wrong direction. The early church did not think that the idea of Jesus Christ being the saviour of all mankind, they didn't think that was open for debate. It was a black and white issue for them. There was no grey areas at all. As far as they was concerned, it was the way. It was the only way. I speak to a lot of non-Christians and they say to me, you know, these religions, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity, they're all just the same thing, aren't they? And if you take anything from what I have to say this morning, remember this, they are not the same. They are, they're totally different to each other. And you know what? People who follow those different religions that I've mentioned will agree with me. They will say the same thing. Christianity is totally different to the other religions I've just listed. Um, and the big difference is, is what we've just read on, on John 14, um, 1-6, where Jesus talks about being the way. And when he was talking about being the way... He was describing as, he was telling us the way to get close to God, the way to please God, and also the way, the only way to get to heaven, and that is through him. Now, you see, other religions promote something different. They promote that if you're going to be saved, if you're going to inherit eternal life, that you've got to do good deeds, that you've got to do lots of righteous tasks. It's all about how much good you can do compared to how much bad you can do and hopefully the good outweighs the bad. Basically, this salvation that they're talking about is based on works and works alone. You know, many Muslims believe that if they do good deeds, they'll reach paradise. Eastern religions believe in karma, in reincarnation. So basically, if you're doing good deeds, you're going to reach a higher level. You'll, and like, when you reach your next life, you'll inherit a better life because you've lived such a good life in the past, you've earned it. Um, but you know what? Even people who claim that they're atheists, they're non-Christian, they're not religious. Even they will say they will work through that ruling where they'll try and live life by balancing their good to outweigh the, the bad. And if they do that, it makes them feel better. It makes them feel as if they're good people. It convinces them that they're doing okay. But you know what? Us Christians fall into that trap as well, don't we? And, you know, how many times do we say, oh, we're doing okay. You know, I read my Bible, I pray, I go to church every Sunday, I put my share in the offering. You know, it's as if we're trying to tick things off on the list and it goes away completely from having a relationship with God. Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with good deeds. But what I'm saying is good deeds doesn't get us saved. That's what I'm saying. Because in the passage of John 14 that we read, Jesus is saying that he... He alone is the way to be saved. Such a radical statement he made that I got him killed. Got people's backs up. People weren't happy when he was claiming this. And the passage is about having a relationship with him. It's not about following a list of rules and tasks that we have to do. We we don't get saved by the good things that we do. We get saved by believing in the good things that he has done. When he died for us on the cross and he conquered death, he conquered Satan and hell, and he was resurrected three days later. For me, though, going back to this belief of you know work, salvation, doing more good than bad, it just for me it brings up quite a few problems. You know, God God's perfect, he doesn't turn a blind eye. When we sin, he takes note of it. And we all do it, we're all in the same boat. And he doesn't sweep things under the carpet. He doesn't turn a blind eye to anything. But imagine if God did that. Imagine if God did turn a blind eye to sin. He wouldn't be a God worth worshipping, would he? He'd be as corrupt as we are, really. But if we're going along with work salvation, then the following questions have to be asked. You know, if good deeds were going to save us, then, how many good deeds do we have to do in our lifetime to earn that salvation? If we follow a good deed with a bad deed, does that mean we've lost our salvation? But, you know, if we have to do so, as many good deeds as we can to outweigh our bad deeds, how many do, do we have to do? You know, think about all the mistakes that we make, think about how fallible we all are there'd be a lot, wouldn't it, a lot of good deeds that we have to do. And do you see the problem here? Life would just be, you know, a long, long question of have I done enough, wouldn't it? I I, I don't want to live my life like that, it'd drive me crazy. And the truth is this. We sin every day, we lust, we lie, we hate, we steal, we get angry, we lose control, we have idols, we get jealous, we get bitter, we get selfish. And we're all in the same place. I'm sure, you know, that list that I've just read out, you can think of times where you've committed those sins. I know I can. I've done all of them. I know I'm not the only person in the room. But just watch the news, just read the newspapers. Mankind is a destructive race. You know, people say, oh, it's because of religion. It's not. It's because of man. But the, well, the fact that all of us are guilty of doing those things that I've just mentioned proves that apart from Jesus, none of us are good. And it, you know, I don't want everyone feeling depressed to hear that. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to reveal the problem before I get to the cure. You know, like if a doctor says to you, I've got a cure for you, and you are, you're not aware of the disease, what are you going to say to that doctor? You're going to say to that doctor, there's nothing wrong with me, clear you off. Well, please believe me when I say this, we all need Jesus. So now you might ask, well, okay then, you said none of us are good. How do I become a good person? How do I get right with God? Well, Jesus says we achieve this by repenting. And that means to turn away from the sin. It's like a changing of the mind. And, and then you stop following your way, you follow his way instead. You accept that Jesus on the cross has paid the price for all of our waywardness and all of our disobedience. And now we say to Jesus, Lord, I want to follow you. Then we'll be finally forgiven, finally restored, finally in deep relationship with God himself finally living life to the full how it was meant to be we'll be given a new start because we all will be born again so Jesus tells us he's the way there's only one way to be restored and that is through the person of Jesus Christ and the wonderful news is that we're a mixed bunch of cream egg eaters aren't we we live our lives in different ways we have different personalities come from different families, maybe raised in different cultures, maybe in the past we've followed different religions, some of us. I know some people here speak different languages. But it's possible for us all to come to the one truth that Jesus is God and he died for our sins. It's possible for us all to accept the truth and be saved. Can we have the next slide, please? Thank you. So my next point is Jesus is the only way to life. Another advert I want to mention to you, and again, I don't know if you remember, is the Pepsi Max adverts. And I'm thinking again 10 years ago, but um, the advert would promote living life to the maximum. And usually the adverts would tell us to leave our boring lives behind you know, go and pursue an extreme sport. Often you'd see guys snowboarding, they'd stop, you know, a can of Pepsi Max will fly in the air, they'd catch it, take a sip of it, throw it away, then go back snowboarding down the mountain. Other things are promoted was play a prank on somebody, uh, win the heart of the woman that you desire. In other words, don't hold back or let anybody stop you from doing what you want. John 10 verse 10, Jesus says something similar but it's not the same, okay. Jesus says in John 10:10, I have come that they, he's talking about us here, all of us, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Other versions of the Bible say that Jesus came so that we all can live life to the full. What Jesus is saying living life to the full is, is very different to what Pepsi is saying living life to the max is. The message that Pepsi is promoting really is do things for yourself. Live whatever way you want. Answer to no one. If other people have to suffer so you can achieve your goals, let it be. Just go for it. But what Jesus teaches that living life to the full is, is very different. This involves things like serving others, Not putting yourself first, but putting yourself last. He teaches us to forgive. He teaches us to love one another. He even teaches us to love our enemies. Now that's one I struggle with, I'm going to be honest with you. I find that a massive struggle at times. He also teaches us to feed the hungry. He also teaches us to provide shelter for those who are without. If you speak to a Christian this morning... Um, they'll tell you when they made their commitment to Christ, something changed. They'll all tell you. I haven't met many Christians who have regretted the decision. I really haven't. Um, and what happens is, before they lived for themselves, now they live for God. They live for others. A true transformation has taken place. I became a Christian when I was 18, and. When it, something just happened, um, the Holy Spirit, the power of God hit me. It changed me. And I had thoughts that I never had before. My focus became less inward. And I just seen a bigger picture, really. Now, don't get me wrong, I still have my moments. Uh, lads who play for the football team will see that I have my moments. Um, football team won 4 2 yesterday, by the way. Chris on the scored a class goal, Talking about it after the service. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, there's something inside me changed. I still sin, but I see life a lot differently now to what I did before. But something as well, I don't want to miscommunicate. Some, I hear some preachers say, "Oh, when you become a Christian, like, your life becomes easy. And I, I can't, you know, I start laughing at that comment because it's just not true. Your life actually becomes more challenging, I'll be honest with you. Um, but it becomes more fulfilling. Um, And as well, you don't have to be by yourself anymore. You know, through the trials and tribulations of life, God is with you. Isn't that far better than going through it by yourself? I think so anyway. Um, And you're not following the self-seeking ways of the world anymore. You see the bigger picture and you become involved in a higher calling, a higher purpose of helping others to endure the journey of living their lives. It's not just about living life for yourself anymore. You become part of the purpose of shining the light of Jesus Christ in this very, very dark world. But you know what? When you choose not to believe in God, I don't understand it, to be honest. Um, You're placing yourself in charge. And I just think that's a risky strategy. You know, if if you're an employer, you're hiring people to work for your company, you'd hire the best person for the job. You won't hire the people that make mistakes every single day. And I feel that's what we do when we put ourselves in charge. Just try and just in your heads now. Think about how many mistakes you've made this week last week. How many mistakes? How many things have you done wrong? Now, if you're putting yourself in charge, isn't that a bit scary? You're putting this fallible person in charge. But why not do something different? Why not put trust in God who sees the bigger picture, who's perfect, who created us, who's present, who's just, who's all-powerful and all-knowing. To me, it's just a massive relief to surrender that control to God because He can handle it. We can't. There are many different ways we can choose to live our lives, but there's only one way we can shine light in this dark world. There's only one way we can find true happiness, there's only one way we can have any meaning or purpose in our lives, and that is through Jesus. When we accept what Jesus has done on the cross, we also accept that God has authority over our lives. So to those of you who say you're not believers today, are you bold enough to make that choice? Maybe you've made a commitment in the past and you've slipped away. Are you bold enough to make things right? It's never too late. Trust me when I say that. So, the, the, the final point is that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Before I became a Christian, I, I asked myself this question many, many times, and I'm sure we've all asked the question this is an issue, what I'm about to say, that some people just try and ignore, but there's no point because it's going to happen to us all. And that topic is death. And, you know, what I, do you, I wonder if you, if you ask, you know, what will happen to me when I die? I asked that every single day before I became a Christian. Surely there's more to life than this. When I breathe my last, whatever age that's going to be, is that going to be it? And if that's it, isn't that tragic? Isn't that miserable? Surely there's more to life than this. The Bible teaches that those who believe and trust in God will live forever with him. There'll be no more pain and suffering. They'll go to heaven he also says because i'm not going to water down the gospel today it also says that those who refuse will go to hell which is a forever and ever without god without any of his goodness and joy hell is a place that we all must avoid now if you're not a christian this morning i'd plead with you to reconsider i'm not saying these words to condemn you but instead I want everybody here to join in the beauty and wonder of heaven. I don't want to see anybody miss out. And that's why Christians teach people the gospel. Um, the magicians, Penn and Teller, don't know if you've heard of them, but they are passionate atheists. But they said that if a, if a Christian refused to let non-Christians know that if they don't believe in Jesus, they're going to hell, then they'll have a lot of hatred for those people if they fully believe that non-Christians go to hell when they die, they should do whatever it is they can to warn them of that. I thought that was quite an interesting comment from two non-Christian guys. We don't want to see anybody perish, but Christ died for everybody. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not good enough to become a Christian. I don't know enough of the Bible. I've messed up far too many times before my life. If you make a commitment to Christ... The old goes and the new comes. He's not bothered about what's happened in the past. It is history. It is gone forever. And you can be restored. But Jesus will only save you if you allow him to. He's not going to force his way into your life. In the passage of John 14, Jesus said, No one gets to the Father except through him. I mentioned before that all of us are guilty of sin. But I'd like you, to just, you all to imagine that you're in court and God is the judge. And the trial is about whether when you die, you're going to go to heaven or hell. And God re- reveals, you know, you try and say, look, I'm a good person. I do charitable things. I say pleases and thank yous. I do a lot, a lot of good things. But then God shows you all the things you've done. And you know what? You can't deny it. You've done it. You were there. You know. You can't fool God. And as far as you're concerned, your you're guilty. But this is the, where the hope comes in. Then Jesus arrives on the scene and he offers to represent you. He offers to sacrifice himself for you. He offers to bail you out. He offers to pay for your fines that your bad sins and actions have, have, have charged up. He's offered his death so you can avoid yours. Now, he just says to us, he says to you while you're on on the stand, he says, look, just repent, say you're sorry, turn away from your sin, and allow me to take your punishment for you. And there's two answers we can say, we can say, please Jesus, or we can say, no thanks. Thanks. If we say, no thanks, Jesus, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. And unfortunately, we will, not. We will, be, we will be sentenced for eternity to hell. But if we say to Jesus, yes, please take my sins away. Please take my punishment so that fines my bad actions can be paid for. Then we will be forgiven and we can spend eternity in heaven. This forgiveness is available for everybody. And we will inherit everlasting life. We will live with God forever. And we too will be resurrected. We will be born again because we will have the light of Jesus living in us and through us. And when God looks at us, he will no longer see a sinner. But he will see his perfect son, Jesus Christ, living in us. The the old will have gone. The new will have come. Romans 6.23 says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please don't take the risk of finding out what hell is going to be like. Trust me when I say this, nobody will enjoy it. Your decision from this point matters. Make sure you choose the right one. If you're a Christian already, tell people of this gospel and be sure not to water it down. Because it's not just about telling people that God loves us, and he does, my words can't describe how much God loves us, he thinks the world of us, if he didn't he wouldn't have sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us in the first place. But it's also about recognising the disease of sin and learning how to teach people to deal with that and for them to be restored, forgiven and resurrected. I wanna see as many people saved as possible. I don't know about you, but that's my heart's desire. And I just pray that we can all enjoy a life that lasts forever. I wanna see everybody here, there, really do. God's created us all differently, concluding now. He wants us all to serve him in different ways. He's got some people going abroad on mission. He's got some people staying here to serve him. You know what, he wants some people to stay single. He wants some people to get married and have families. But even though we can live our lives in different ways, God wants us all to come to the same place. He wants us all to give our sins over to Jesus. He wants an intimate relationship with all of us where we see him as our heavenly father and we have the role as his children. What an honour that is for us. But he wants us to make that choice for ourselves. He's given us free will and he respects that more than we can possibly know. He wants us to live forever with him. But he also wants us to accept there's one way to achieve all that. And that one way is Jesus Christ. My message began by asking the question in regard to the Cadbury's cream egg. How do you eat yours? Now I want to ask the question in regard to your life. How will you live yours? So that's the end of my message. Uh, Just kind of ask the worship group to come up. I just want to pray, and then I'll hand it over to these guys. Just so please join in me with that. Um, Lord, I just want to thank you that you are the way, you're the truth, and you're the life, Jesus Christ, that no one can get to the Father except through you, Lord. Father, God, just want to thank you that we can, we, we can also celebrate that you, Jesus Christ, conquered death, you were risen, and you are very much alive today. Thank you so much, Lord, that you paid the price for all of our sins. That forgiveness, that restoration, that resurrection is on offer to us as well. Now, you might not be a Christian today. Maybe something that somebody else has said, maybe the worship, maybe something I've said, has made you to rethink that. Maybe you're a a Christian who's backslidden. You've lost that first love, which we talked about a few weeks ago maybe you've gone spiritually stale you've been a Christian a long time you've lost all sight on vision and purpose maybe you're doing really well maybe, you know, maybe we just want to pray for you now to keep on going we're all in different stages but we can all come to the one place and bring this to God so I'm just going to pray for these different situations Father God I just want to thank you so much for the non-Christians are here today Thank you, Lord, that you love them and you've got a plan for their lives. Father God, I just pray that if if you've spoken to them, Lord, and they want to respond to you, Lord, that you make your presence known to them. They know that there's this heavenly Father there for them. Help them to make that commitment to you. Give them the boldness and courage to do that. Help them to ignore what other people are thinking and may they only focus on what your opinion is. Because it's only your opinion that counts. Lord, I just want to pray for anybody who's backslidden in the walk with God. I just pray that walk with you can be restored. That you bring them back onto that highway of holiness. That they know what you've called them to do. And that they can go out without feeling as if they're being held back. Father God, please just... You know, if there's anybody living in sin here today, that you help them to just come to you, not feeling in despair and in shame, but knowing that they can be set free from, through you, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray for anybody who's, who needs healing, Lord. I think we're going to offer that in a minute. And God, I just pray that if anybody does need healing or in pain, that you give them the courage in a few moments to step up and get somebody to pray with them. Lord, I just want to pray for people who are doing really well, walking with you, They're on fire for you. They're going for it. I just pray that nothing of this world puts that fire out. Equip all of us, Lord, with that armour. Protect us from the enemy, Satan. And Lord, I just pray those people are really living life for you. I don't know who they are. You know who they are. Lord, that they continue to persevere in the walk, they keep persevering, they keep pressing towards that goal that you've set for them in Christ Jesus. Thank you for bringing us all together and help us all to enjoy the rest of this Easter service and the rest of our Easter weekends. Amen. Hand it over.